You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome to session five. I just want to do a little note here to say that something that I think is really different about this season that is important to keep mentioning is that Sabrina and I really have a very, very strong foundation and rapport. And so I just want to keep framing that so that if you hear us chatting or talking in certain ways, that that does not necessarily feel like the standard or foundation with which to coach. Like for example, in this episode, I say something to her like, convince me you're okay or something along those lines, right? And it's like a a fun thing that we have established over a long period of time where I say convince me and she kind of has to convince herself, right? And so helps her like get on board, get bought in. With a a new client that I didn't have that rapport with, would I say convince me like that? Definitely not, right? And so I think it's just important to keep framing that up here to say like these things that you're hearing are based on having a tremendous amount of time together under our belt. So I hope that it shows you how you can get to that place with a client. I hope that it kind of feels like you're seeing maybe even a different version of my coaching that you've seen in previous seasons. But I also hope it is something you can remember where it doesn't mean that this is necessarily like the takeaway is to go coach in that way, but like the takeaway is to build enough rapport with somebody where you can get to that point. So I hope that's helpful. And I just always wanna keep reminding us of the context here in this season, because obviously it is very different, but otherwise I think this is an incredibly useful episode. I think it shows you that so many of us all struggle with the same things, no matter what stage or level of business that we're at. And I hope it just really normalizes that for y'all. I think it will serve you greatly. And as always, thank you for listening. How you doing? Well, you know, freaking out. (laughs) Over life, Bonnie, business. All of the above. One of each. Yeah. So Bonnie stuff for sure, because she got really sick yesterday. So we had to go to the emergency vet, which is like their kind of after hours hospital thing since it was a weekend and the normal vet wasn't closed. Then I took her to the vet again today, but she's going to be fine. So there was some freak out about that stuff. But last week I was really not sleeping very well because I was only in the States for under four days pretty much. So my jet lag was kind of crazy. And then I felt like a potato most of the week. And then finally yesterday or on Saturday night, I was like, I'm going to make a list of things I'm going to do on Sunday. I'm going to take Bonnie to the market. I'm going to eat three square meals. I'm going to like go to bed and wake up at a normal time. And then as soon as we wake up, Bonnie vomits blood. I'm like, okay, great. So Sunday is not the day to get my life in order. So that was really a kick in the dick from the universe, that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I had a little bit of a, still am having a freak out from our last session. Okay. You want to talk about that? Yeah. You want to talk about if today's the day to get your life in order? I mean, 
I actually woke up before Bonnie did today. Okay. So that was very exciting. I woke up at seven. That's very impressive. Right. Left the house, went to the vet, came back from the vet. So did things. But yeah, I think I just really struggled to adjust flying back home. And now I feel better about that, but I still feel freaky, freaky. Okay. Tell me, tell me what's going on with that. Um, I think I'm just a bit overwhelmed about some of the accelerator stuff and like some of the commitments I've made, like moving to podcast episodes twice a week, all of these goals that I've set. And then also at the same time, like, I feel like there's all this chatter from my team about how they think like six months is a good amount of time for the accelerator. And so I feel like that's kind of freaking me out a bit and making me second guess myself. And I also just feel freaked out because I don't feel like other people get my vision, which that's fine if it's just team people because, you know, permission to ignore them. But I'm worried that potential clients won't get it either, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I know it's my job to make them get it. And also, I still have fears there. Mm -hmm. So in terms of being overwhelmed with the goals and commitments, I think that those are maybe separate conversations to have. So let's just talk about the commitments first because I think, yeah, I think that's almost exactly what we were talking about last time of like you can get excited and it can be a good idea, but it doesn't mean that like it's easy to like throw all these commitments on your plate at once when you have not had them for a while. So do you feel like it's something that you need to like relook at what you've committed to and back off of a little bit? Or do you think it's more you kind of being in that weird relationship with the business of like wanting it, but not wanting to commit to it. And I, no, I want to do these things. I feel like I can do these things. I just, it's just a very different version of myself that I'm mm-hmm. coming up against, mm-hmm. you know, like look at how consistent I am with this podcast since June. Like how gross is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're moving to twice a week. I think your pattern traditionally has been that you go really hard and go all in on commitment and then you overcommit and then you get to a point where you're like, fuck all these commitments and you redo everything to pull way back. And I think we want to try to not be in that pattern this time. So Mm -hmm. it might be worth being like, do all these make sense? Because even if you can and even if you want to, I don't want to see it take you to the place where then you want to pull away from all of it, you know? Okay, so what's kind of happening here is obviously Sabrina is feeling overwhelmed by these commitments. She sometimes has a pattern of making lots of commitments and then pushing against them. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. And that's kind of what I was alluding to last session with her is like, let's really take it slow and steady kind of thing, right? But Here's the deal, sometimes as a coach, we can just hold someone through that and reflect it. It's not about making sure they never ever engage in that pattern. It's just about making sure it doesn't completely self-sabotage them or slow them down considerably. And so I think that we forget that sometimes. It's like, as a coach, we feel like we're supposed to like eradicate every negative pattern and we're supposed to fix everything. And like, that's just not how it works, right? What we get to do is help them catch it sooner, reflect it sooner, and shift it sooner. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're 
we're doing that from one session to the other. It's not like she's stuck in this for months and months and months, but it's really helpful to kind of know your role as a coach and not feel like you have to like swoop in and fix everything like last session. It's not like I was going to be like, this is what you always do and da da da. And how do we make sure you don't do it? Da, like, I'm gonna give reflections where it's appropriate and I'm gonna hold her through it and we're gonna get through it so much faster because we're not making a big deal out of it or making it this super big problem. We're just like, oh yeah, this happens. What do we do? How do we move past it? That is where you are the most effective coach. It's also where you're the most effective client where it doesn't feel like it has to disappear to be able to work with it and move through it. I am not gonna run with Sabrina says immediately. Okay. So I've already kind of decided that over the weekend just because I have decided to start the two episodes a week in December so I can do a promo period. So I want to get the two episodes a week done and dusted before I add in the Sabrina Says piece. Yep. So I feel like that is good. And the thing about the podcast is like I'm already recording for 2023 anyway. Mm -hmm. And I have all of my sessions booked in for the rest of the year. We have 28 hours of podcast sessions booked in in the next three months. Mm -hmm. So like we'll probably at that pace probably be recorded through end of June by end of year. So And that's with two episodes a week. So like I know I can do it. It's just I feel like such a little nerd. What does that mean? I don't know, just like one of those weirdos who's like consistent and does dumb shit every single week on a schedule, predictable, repeatable. So it feels more like an identity shift than a problem. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think like in some ways you've prided yourself for a long time of like never doing that. And so now that you're doing it, I'm sure it feels weird to have to see yourself as that human, right? I think it also feels weird to want to be that human. Mm -hmm. And why do you want to be that human? Well, I can see a big payoff for this stuff, right? So like I'm if I'm that far ahead of podcasts, like I could just not record any for like three months at a time if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. It gives you freedom. Yeah, like having all of this shit go out every single week without me needing to do anything. Like obviously I created it the first time, but I'm enjoying it and I'm not dealing with any of the processing, the posting, the scheduling, the whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, yeah, it just gives me a lot of space, you know? So like I did my podcast calendar for end of year and like I still get to take a ton of time off over Thanksgiving and Christmas and things like that. And I don't have to worry about creating anything and it's just very weird yeah I feel like everyone wanted me to be this version of myself like five years ago that's fine we're we can hang for whatever version of yourself you're bringing but I do think that this makes a lot of sense for you and it makes sense for you based on other things we're talking about too like it makes sense for you based on like are you planning for a future baby and things like mm -hmm. that where you know maybe before it the payoff didn't feel as great. And you, I think you know this, but you always like having it a little chaotic. <laughs> yeah. So this is something I say all the time, but I think Sabrina's reflecting it really well here, which is that being planned and having structure actually buys you more freedom. I think there is such a misconception in the online space that like, any kind of structure or planning in your business takes away all your freedom and creativity. And I think it is the exact opposite. 
I think if you give yourself some of those structure and plans and consistency, you are giving yourself so much more freedom. And that's exactly what Sabrina is experiencing right now is the freedom to not feel like she's on the hook for a podcast episode every week because she has a ton done or to not feel like she has to write content when she's not in the mood or inspired because she has a lot to work with, right? Having those structures in place is exactly what makes business feel easeful and exactly what gives you more freedom. I feel like I have totally bought ease and freedom in my business by being willing to create those things. If I hadn't been willing to create those things along the way, I guarantee I would not have half the amount of freedom and flexibility that I currently have in my job, right? So please remember that like there is a big payoff in being planned and it's actually that it gives you more freedom and not less. But I think that now you're kind of seeing like more and more the benefit of it being less chaotic, but also like kind of how we talked about a few sessions ago where like you did so much work on the life front for a little while. And I feel like your life has settled so much and is so not chaotic that now you're kind of bringing that here and wanting that here. But I think that, yeah, that's a huge identity yeah. shift for you because I think you've always prided yourself on being a little, mm, yeah, chaotic. I'll use again. I'm sure you have a swear word in mind. So I appreciate you saying chaotic instead. <laughs> you're welcome. Just, just look it out for you. Mm-hmm. Does that feel yeah. true though? Like you're having to let go of that piece of you? I think so. And I think that with all of these changes that are happening content wise, it just makes me kind of like keep questioning like the programs and the quiz funnel and things like that. Like if I need to be doing like more courses, even like the masterclass stuff I was second guessing, because like as much fun as I've had this year with all of my little mini programs, I'm like, what if I just sold the shit pre-recorded, mm-hmm. you know, and did less live stuff, but I really enjoy doing things live, but also I really enjoy recording modules and distributing them and reselling the same shit over and over. But yeah, I just feel like I kind of had a mental breakdown over the weekend and second guessed everything. And do you feel like that is because it's feeling weird to have it so planned and easy? Or do you think it's because you feel like there's genuinely something you're doing wrong? Or like, what do you think is creating that second guessing? I feel like there's a right answer for what the accelerator should look like. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. And I feel like I keep going back and forth between them. I think you know what I'm going to say here, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is you have had a million iterations of different things in your business. And the thing that I always remind you is that all of them have worked. So the only right answer yep. is really whatever the fuck you want to do, honestly, because it's not like there's ever been this offer that you put out in your business that just fundamentally flopped or didn't work or your audience didn't pick up on. Like I've been with you for what, six or seven years at this point. Like that has legitimately never happened. It'd be, it'd be fun though if it did happen once. Ooh, you sure you want to? You sure you want to say that? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not manifesting that. We take that back, universe. Thank you. Yeah, but but I just feel like a dick for people listening to the podcast to be like, "Wow, she's never had a flop." Yeah, no, it's true. I get, I get what you're saying, but I think I just since I am. So, what do you think you're due for one or something? No, I don't think I'm due for one, but I feel since like I'm so planned ahead now. And like everything is so organized and processed and system. Like I just kind of am looking for 
like operational inefficiencies in my business and like trying to figure out like how to like streamline and make things simpler so that they can scale easier. And I just worry that I'm not picking the right answer. And even with all the masterclass shit, like I've made a fuck ton of money from it. Like we made Mm -hmm. what 41,000 from become a mastermind millionaire, which was our first one. So like they're very profitable, but also, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe I should be doing things in a different way, but I don't know what that is. Does it sound crazy to you when you say it out loud? Um, no. So you basically just told me everything worked so well and we just made a ton of money, but there's probably a way that I'm screwing it up. Well, I mean, even with like my Facebook group that I'm bringing back from the dead after like two or three years, I'm like, do I really need to be doing that and like adding that onto my team's plate, which like we're going to do because Rich Witch is going to be in there. But like, I'm just trying to figure out like, what is it like? Yeah, I don't know. And like legacy was like such a thing that has been in my brain since February. And now I'm like, hmm, maybe I won't launch that. What the fuck? So I think that like, obviously, I mean, there's two sides of this, right? Like, obviously there's like, we want to be like efficient and smart about it. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I also think that like where you typically derive your results and excitement and energy from your business is when you let yourself run at things. And then we make the kind of like systems and structures around it on the back end, if that makes sense. So like your podcast, I think is a really good example of that. Remember for so long, we tried to like plan it out and tried to do all these things and you didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. And then finally you just like kind of got scrappy, ran with it, did it. And now we're really planned out. And now you can add on two episodes and now we have whatever shit. I don't know how many episodes planned, but like a a ton, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's always worked best for you. Like when you have let yourself run at something and then you got a little more strategic around it afterwards I think when you try to overthink it from a complete strategy place from like the jump like what happens is that it never gets you the momentum and then you stay stuck so it's almost like you're trying to think about like how do we scale the accelerator as much as possible but it's preventing you from even selling it do you know what I mean yes but then how do I reconcile Sabrina's intuitive psychopath with Lacey's statement that you have shared on social media at many times about how like there's value in making decisions from a neutral place yeah because all of my team and you included think like strategically the best answer is to do a six-month program yes inner desire psychopath is like 12 months cram that shit full so like how do i reconcile me running with it versus also like being strategic up front well i think that your job is to listen to your gut and then our job is to put strategy around it. So I really, really see my client's job as listening to their gut and my job is helping them put strategy around it, right? So even if it strategically might make more sense for Sabrina to do, say, six months, right? It doesn't matter if that's not what her gut is saying. So her job is to listen to her gut and then our job is to put the best strategy around that possible. It's not to find that one perfect strategy and make her do that at all costs, right? Like that is not coaching, that is not support, that is not building a business that truly serves us and lights us up, right? And so I think this is really that in action. Like I really thought that six months might serve her better, but the reason I'm not like, oh great, she's finally coming around to six months, let's do it, is because 
you can tell listening to her, that's not what her gut is saying and that's not what she ultimately wants. And so me coaching her into that, just because I think it maybe makes a little bit more sense is not ideal here, right? Me letting her, you know, really dive deep and listen to where her own truth is, what her gut is saying, and then putting the best strategy possible around that is actually where we're going to get the best results. And seeing those two come together and not being just one or the other is so important. In terms of like, how do you reconcile that with neutral decisions? I think when I'm talking about that, I'm saying way more like, intense emotions and triggered decisions. Like for example, someone on your team pisses you off today and so you fire them. It would be better to get neutral about whatever they did to piss you off before we like take action. This does not feel the same if it feels like a gut thing that you want to run with. I think those are different. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Or does it feel like there's something else pushing this? Um. I think I just feel like I have a lot of not knowing around what my audience at this income level wants for me, just because for so long I've really focused on people scaling from six to seven figures that like the people who are not at six figures aren't even like my wheelhouse anymore. Like I'm really good at coaching them, but I don't necessarily know like budget desire, like what they're signing up for anymore. One thing I've noticed is a lot of them just sign up for nothing and just kind of sit around for like two, three years in people's Facebook groups, watching their free live streams, wondering whether business isn't growing. You know, that's kind of a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Said what I said, but yeah. So what I did was I downloaded from my email list, like people who have expressed interest in the Academy, the accelerator, people have like gotten those results in the quiz funnel and I'm going to have someone on my team just kind of like creep the shit out of them and be like, here's where these people are. Like, here's your hottest leads for this. Like, here's what I think they want. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Listen, I think there's value in like surveying your audience and all of that. Right. But I don't think that you're again, over the last years in business, I don't think your business has ever had a big win that came from you being like, let me market research the shit out of this. I think your big wins have always come from you being like, I'm so excited about this. And then that translates. Perhaps, yes. Like I literally cannot think of a single thing that has worked really well, but it was like because you guys did a bunch of market research on your team. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like, I wouldn't make that the driving factor here because we have a lot of data and evidence that suggests that that's not the best way for you to operate. I'm not saying it's not the best way for anyone, but I think for you in particular, like that's where you're going to lose your momentum is because you just won't want to sell it. Say we say, okay, actually what they want is a three month program. That's going to piss you off. I did think about that this weekend as well. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. But right, like that's going to piss you off. And then you're just going to be like, fuck them. Yeah. And not sell it. And then you're kind of like back to square one. Yeah. So either you're not super bought into the vision and we need to talk about that or you're super bought into the vision, but you're making yourself wrong and then that's what has to shift. I'm bought in, but I'm making myself wrong and nervous that my vision won't translate to my audience, which again, I know that's my job as like a marketer is to like sell that to them, show them the value, explain why they need it, explain why this is like so much better than anything else they could buy. And still I'm like, "Mm, maybe it's not going to work. It's like people who sell like $15,000 coaching programs to people making $2. Like it just doesn't work. 
Like since these are people who are under six figures and like 8,500 for a year, I don't know, even though that's only like 900 bucks a month or whatever, I'm still just nervous, very nervous. And then I get that 12 months is a lot to commit to. And also I do still think that's like what's appropriate at that level, but yeah. I don't know. I just feel like everyone wants the like quick and dirty, you know, they just like want a result in two weeks or three months or whatever it is. Yeah, of course. That's how anyone wants anything, but it doesn't mean that that's what you have to give them. But like, if that's what they want, then your job is to market to why that's not what they need. And honestly, I've said this to you before quite a few times, but it's like, if, if what our industry is leaning to is all these like quick and dirty, like two week kind of containers or whatever that like your win can be in being like, fuck all that. Here's why that doesn't work for you. And here's why this does. So I think like it, it's you bringing out that spicy sabs to be like, here's why this is actually hysterical that you want to join a two week container and have a six figure business. Yeah. Do you want to say all that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel unconvinced. Yeah. That was a, that was a very, very unconvincing yeah. I mean, I might need a tequila shot before I like do that live stream, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I but don't know. Do you believe that's true? Like, I'm not trying to like put that in your brain that you have to say that, yes. but like, do you think that that's true? Mm. Yes. I think it's really dumb what's happening. Like I see people selling masterminds that are six weeks long for $10,000 and then people just come out of it with credit card debt and they're like so surprised that it didn't work because they're like, yeah. but I got activated. I'm like, no bitch, you got hustled. <laughs> Wait, write that down. That's your next post. Did you get activated or did you get hustled? <laughs> Great. CEO <laughs> confessions. Here we go. <laughs> That's a really good one. Right. Like, And again, I think that you know, everything comes with trade-offs and it's like a double-edged sword to a certain extent. If you want to go with the 12 months, then you have to have this conversation and those kind of tie in together, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of that, right now your brain's like, let's market research and da-da-da, instead of being like, nope, if I want to go with this, I'm just going to have to say all the things. Which is also really annoying because I literally don't believe in market research. So, like, I kind of hate myself right now. I know, right? It's so embarrassing. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) How did I stay with you for this vlog? I know it. Mm. I'm just getting roasted and we call it a coaching session. Listen, these are your favorite kind of coaching sessions and we both know it. Mm. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, so I will do that. So this is the perfect example of everything coming with trade-offs, right? If she wants to go with 12 months, then she needs to sell people on that vision and potentially have some of the harder combos around our industry, right? But, you know, she gets the benefit of having like people that are way more committed and it's way more aligned to her vision and what she's looking to create. But of course there are trade-offs with it. And I think it's so important to see this in um, a business owner that's so far along because I think that our brains will trick us in thinking that at a certain point, you won't have to make any trade-offs in business. And that's not true. Every decision you make is going to come with other trade-offs, but really intentionally making those decisions, knowing the trade-offs is the key. So she knows, hey, 
if I want to sell it in this way, I know that the trade-offs I'm going to have to make are being willing to do these things. Then she's going into it really intentionally and already knowing what she's going to have to do to make that work instead of feeling like, oh, let me pick the perfect thing that has no trade-offs and then I won't have to come up against anything. Like, unfortunately, that's not how business works, but what can make it feel so, so, so much better is already knowing what those trade-offs are and picking with those holistically in mind. And then when it happens, it feels like, well, I chose this. It doesn't feel like a problem, right? So when she experiences having to sell people on why 12 months, it's not going to feel like a problem because it's going to feel like part of what she chose in going with that offer. I think what's also going to help me is just like finally mapping out and being like, this is what's included. Cause I know yeah. I've been like, everything's included, but I haven't actually like written it down. So I think once I have that, that will be good for me. I also think it's really hard to feel like you're making a big commitment without knowing what you're committing to in a certain way. So I think you're exactly yeah. right that it's like, you know, you're kind of feeling a little bit of intensity around these commitments, but it's also feeling kind of still a little foggy with what the commitments are to. And so it makes sense that that feels kind of off right now and is like extra intense, you know? Yeah. So the other things you said were the Facebook group. And then the other thing was being kind of overwhelmed with the goals. So let's talk about both of those things. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, the goal piece, I think I just, I don't really set goals anymore. So I feel like that's just like a very new thing to have a goal. <laughs> it feels quite odd to have one. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So that's just new, but I think also like going for a hundred people to get this program, like within the next three months when I was feeling like really unclear and shaky on it just was a bit stretchy and I was feeling a bit too bold in my claims last week, but I guess we'll see what happens. But again, what I would remind you is that like, if you look back, how do you always get what you want? deciding yeah and claiming it right going all in yeah. yeah yeah so i think you don't want to make yourself wrong for making bold claims i think in many ways that's ha has been the secret to your magic and so i think you need to be playing with the idea of like how can we make that version of you really right that's willing to do those things because that's really what sets mm -hmm. you apart, I think, in many ways from so many other business owners is that you've always just been willing to make the bold claim. Like, let's yeah. use a non-business example, but like one of my favorite ones about you was like when you told me that you thought Paul was going to propose and I was like, not a fucking chance this is happening when she thinks it is. And then lo and behold, I get a call from Paul telling me he's going to propose that day. Like that looked so not like it was going to happen. And you just kept saying it yeah. and kept committing to it, even though everyone else was kind of like, um, yeah, probably not, right? I like that you're the one he called to ask for my hand in marriage. <laughs> I like that too. I also <laughs> like that I was probably more surprised than you were. Like, I had the surprise engagement. <laughs> yeah. Right? But like, yeah. I think that that's just such an example. Of like when you're in that state. Yeah. Or like me declaring that Forbes was going to go viral and then it did. Yep. Like when you're in that 
place where you are setting these crazy goals that almost seem unachievable is always when you do it. So I think like, yeah, it makes sense that it's freaking you out because you haven't done it in a while. Number one, number two, you're doing it on a podcast, which is like, I think a different, you know, level Mm -hmm. of pressure intensity. And then number three, like, I think let's just call it what it is to a certain extent when you're doing it later in business, it feels like you have more to lose than when you're doing it earlier, like with the Forbes article, or it just felt like, what have you got to lose? Just do it. And I, so I think makes yeah. sense that your brain's overthinking it. Cause it's like, you've built this really incredible business and you're not trying to make a decision that impacts yeah. that negatively. Right. Mm. Yes, I agree. So what do you think about like just letting the bold clean be a thing or does that just like feel like you might be getting it wrong. No, I think I think that feels good and I can leave that there and you know do some journaling around that and mindset work around getting on board with that. So I think that feels good. Yeah, I think you know you made the bold claim, you decided to go with 12 months even though like other people thought you shouldn't like so it makes sense that all this is coming up. Like I don't think there's anything weird about the fact that like your brain spiraled. I think it's just it doesn't mean those decisions were wrong. It just means like you have an opportunity to lock into them more. And then once you do that, you'll have an opportunity to share that in your marketing more. Like that's all it is, right? So one thing that's so important to do as a coach is really help your clients figure out what works best for them, right? So helping a client go off of what works for them in this case looks like the big, bold claims and really running at something because that's always what has traditionally worked best for Sabrina. And reminding her of that is really important. Would I say that that is what works for every client I have? Absolutely not, right? But being willing to kind of be in the discovery of that with your client instead of thinking there's one way to do it, right? So because Sabrina has created a lot of success doing that, I could go to every client and be like, the way you're going to get successful is make big, bold claims and absolutely run at something and da da da. But like the truth, truth is I have other clients that have made a very successful businesses not really doing it that way. The trick is what works for that person. And so I want you to both listen with that discernment in mind. And I also want you to think about how you can coach with that in mind too. There's not one perfect thing. There's a perfect thing for the person in front of you. And the more you can lean into discovering that, the better results you're going to have with people. Right. And so again, what we know here is that this is what supports her and this is what has traditionally always worked really well for her. So us doubling down on that is so important, but it's not because big, bold claims are the most important thing. It's important because it's what works for Sabrina. I think I also just feel kind of weird because this month is the last month of the inner circle. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this month, I'll just have one client in it. And that's not an inner circle. That's just private coaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, And she just, she just has another month in it. And like, I know that she like wants to keep working with me. So she might go into millionaire. She might go into whatever legacy becomes if that happens. But yeah, like that program made me a fuck ton of money. And I've been running some version of that since January, 2019. So I ran a pod that year that was called the Bali mastermind, but it was basically inner circle. And like, then it rebranded. So basically four years now, three and a half years. And it just feels very weird to have that come to an end at like, it just feels like everything changes this month. Like this is the month that everything changes. Mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very strange. And is it making you second guess the decision on that? Or it's more just like the intensity of like not knowing what it feels like to go into the next phase? Um, no, I think it's just, I'm not second guessing the decision to close it because I know that it would have basically never closed if I hadn't closed it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's very weird. You know, people don't normally close down $2 million masterminds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's weird. You're in like a challenging middle ground because not only are you doing that, but it still feels kind of unclear what you're stepping into in your brain. And so I think that like middle part is the hardest part mm -hmm. and you're just like in the hardest season. Like in some ways it was quotations, easy decision to shut it down. And in some ways it's an easy decision to like double down on these programs with that in between, I think is really tough. Right. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to grieve it to a certain extent. Like I know that sounds dramatic, but like, you were very invested in that program. You were very, very close with many of the humans in that program. Like, I think that yeah. there is like some, some letting go and some grief that's going to come with that. And it probably makes it feel like I don't want to pick the wrong thing again. Cause I don't want to like want to shut that down. Yeah. And it's not that I like wanted to shut it down cause something was wrong with the program. It's just that I knew like, I needed to do something else. And it's also, I think, weird just to have all this like mental free time because that was 70% of my coaching hours. Yeah. And like now all of that's gone. And then at the end of this month, I'll have one client in the inner circle left, which means I have two people who have private Voxer access to me. Come December 14th, not a single person will have private Voxer access to me. I know that's only for like two weeks because they'll all get it back in like January. And I know that like Marie's going to resign all this stuff, but it's just like very weird that there will very soon come a point where not a single person has private access to me. And that will be the first time in the history of my business, you know, until like previously, like when I was just like a broke little homeless rat with no clients. But like, mm -hmm. since actually having a real, real ass business, I've always had other people coming to me for help with their business privately. And that is very weird to watch all of that go away. Like, it's so weird. Does it feel exciting or does it feel more like something is wrong, even though you know it's not? It feels exciting because I don't know what I'm going to do with the space. But like when you're so plugged into someone else's business for three years, like I imagine if we stopped working together, it'd be very weird for you totally. to not feel like what's going on in Sabrina's business. Not that that would ever happen. Oh my God, 100%. You know, but like, wouldn't that be so like weird? You would just be like, where's this human that I text every single day? You yeah, know? totally. Like, so yeah, it's just, it's weird. It feels deeper than ending a program is kind of the point. Yeah, you know, because these are all people that are not just, like, clients, but, like, very close personal friends who, you know, I'm going to their weddings and I know all their personal secrets and I've met their children and things like that. So it's just – and, like, I'm still working with a lot of them in some capacity and I know, you know, a lot of them want to come back for legacy, but then I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I don't want to do legacy. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you want to feel what it feels like to not be that plugged in and decide if that's actually something you want again or not. But I think right now you almost don't even have that perspective because like you said, it's always been that way for however, whatever, yeah. six years or something. And so yeah. 
like you don't even know what it feels like to not have it. So it's sort of a hard decision to make right now. Yeah, I'm currently plugged into three other people's businesses, but typically it would have been like 15 at a time. And obviously like my mastermind clients and things like that, but I feel like that just feels a lot more manageable and lighter. But yeah, it's just, it's fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. I think what you have to keep reminding yourself here, and I know you know this, and it doesn't mean it's not hard, but it's worth saying, is that like all of this was intentional and you picked all of this. And all of this was done because you did want more space. You did want a business Mm -hmm. that you felt like was more baby friendly, all of the things, right? And so I think what can happen in your brain is it can almost feel like, all of these changes are happening and like I don't have control of it and I think what you have to keep coming back to is like this was all intentional again it doesn't mean it doesn't feel weird or shitty sometimes or whatever but I think like the more you can feel like I did this on purpose the more it's gonna feel like you trust yourself in the next decision you know yeah that makes sense do you feel like you did it on purpose yes I had been thinking about it for I don't know, six, nine months before I did it. So it was a very thought out, considered decision for sure. Yep. And how long have you been thinking about Accelerator? All year. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we can call it thought out and considered. Yeah. Yes. It is very thought out, very considered for sure. All right, so something that's really important here is Sabrina's talking about like shutting down her program that's made her over $2 million. And what I really want you to see is that the key here is her seeing it as something she did on purpose so that she can trust her next decision, right? I think that sometimes when a lot of change is happening in our business, it can be so easy to forget that we were the one that created it. And this is something I remind clients all the time. We don't want to be at a point where we feel like all of this change is just happening to us and we can't control it because that makes us feel very, very unsteady in our business and it makes us feel very not in self-trust for the next decisions we have to make. But if she can keep coming back to the idea that she did that on purpose, she like literally looked at the data, made that decision and really intentionally took these steps, she's going to feel so much more grounded and rooted in the middle of this season of change, right? If she keeps forgetting, which our brains do, right? That it was all on purpose. This season of change is gonna feel very tumultuous. So just remember that like sometimes you will go through a bumpy season when you have made a bunch of changes in your business, but the absolute best thing you can do in the midst of that is remember that you were the creator of those changes and that you did it really intentionally and on purpose. And that helps you trust all of the decisions that follow. Okay, so are we doing 12 months? We are. Okay. And I think what's what's gonna be exciting about that is that you get to have a reason to say all of the things that you kind of have been wanting to say too, right? Like, so the idea of like, you're not getting activated, you're getting hustled or whatever. Like, you might not just say it just to say it, but if you're saying it with the intent of being like, and that's why I intentionally built this program this way, like I think it kind of opens some doors for you to have those conversations but in like a really intentional way too yeah i mean honestly you could even use the marketing of like everyone told me not to do this and i'm still doing it and here's why my coach told me to go with six months and i'm not here's why like use that you know what i mean 
Yeah, can do. Also, I'm announcing that the inner circle closes next week. Like publicly, you mean? Publicly. So yeah, I was yeah. scheduled to announce it October 26, which was kind of like later, but I was like, I need to kind of get this over with. So I changed the podcast schedule and it goes out next week. Do you think you'll feel better after that? Yeah, I'm almost tempted to like move it to this week and like do it on Wednesday just to get it over with. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's not like they don't know. I mean, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you've done all the right things by the people in it. So there's really no downside to doing it sooner if it feels like you just want to have that, like, chapter closed. Ta-da! Final! Right. The end. So do you think that leads you to feeling like you need to decide about legacy? A little bit, just because in the podcast episode, because I recorded it maybe two months ago or whatever, I like said that like I had been feeling this like desire and like this kind of hit of like legacy, legacy, legacy since like January, February. So like that's going to be the next thing. So I know I'm about to get a bunch of people who are like, what's legacy? And I have to kind of be like, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Like maybe that'll be good just to see who like inquires just so I get like a taste for like what there is out there around this. But yeah. I think I had also told you that like for legacy for the first round, I might do it as a six month program and not a 12 month just to kind of get a feel for the structure and make sure I like it before I do 12 months, which I do feel good committing to that. Cause I don't feel like for accelerator, it feels more important to do 12 months cause we're on a 12 month rotation for our programs, mm-hmm. right? Like abundance and is every January, like certain things happen at certain months. Like that makes sense. But yeah, so I don't know. I just, I have no fucking idea. So I think that the kind of like theme that we're getting to is like you kind of need to get some really specific things set. Like you've decided on accelerator, but you need to like really decide what that looks like. I think you've decided legacy is next, but you need to decide what that might look like, even in terms of like timeline. Like, does it look like January or does it look like halfway through next year or whatever? Like, and I think that so much of the spinning is because those things aren't yet locked down Mm -hmm. and so your brain can keep second guessing it instead of your brain moving on to solving the next problem like your brain keeps staying stuck on the same problem you know what I mean yeah okay so can we do that this week yes 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 okay do you have an idea of when you want to start legacy I had thought January just because I feel like October November is usually a good time for people to buy masterminds but who knows, maybe I'll do like February, March and just take a little bit of a breather at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I Maybe February 1st or something. I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, I think it also gives you that time in December to feel what it feels like to not have as many businesses that you're kind of in and to see if like that feels like an experience you're really loving and you want to continue and you want to build legacy with that in mind or if that's an experience that you're actually not loving and you want to build it with that in mind. Like, I think it, you kind of need to have some of that clarity because right now it's so uncertain. Mm-hmm. So I think waiting until February to have it helps. I mean, I think like I do in some senses, like miss like the experience of the inner circle, but just financially, it really wasn't worth it anymore. Like I basically needed to triple the price for it to make sense. But I didn't feel comfortable like tripling the price on my current clients. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to close this down, create a new program. And if they want it, cool. If they don't, cool. But yeah, so like I know that if legacy is priced 
appropriately that I will be very happy to be like plugged in in that way. But I was making three times as much in my other programs as I was in Inner Circle, but I was working 70%. So I don't even know how much more that is three times as well, three times as much work, a third of the pay. So maybe what you need to decide on is pricing or do you feel like you've already decided on that? I have not decided on that yet. Okay. So can we make that the goal maybe? Yes. Okay. So you're going to literally list out everything for Accelerator. Yeah. I've already started putting that in Basecamp. You're going to keep it 12 months. Mm -hmm. You're going to get sold on your marketing and even market to the idea that nobody sees your vision, but you think they will. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And then decide on pricing, at least as a starting point for legacy. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Do you feel spinny or do you feel a little better? I feel better. Are you going to journal? It's just a big season of change. You know, there's like program changes, identity changes, you know, even Bonnie's like not reacting physically to all the change. Like it's literally <laughs> making her sick how much is changing. I don't think that's what's happening, but I hear you. Yeah. I think that like that's where I was teasing about the journaling because I know you always think say that I think journaling's the answer to everything. But I do think that that's the thing you have to lean into right now is like reworking some of this identity stuff. Like I even think a lot of your identity was wrapped in inner circle to a certain extent too, right? Yeah. So I think like the identity of being someone that like plans, that gets stuff done in advance, that has less people that like need her all the time. Like that really is huge. And like the rest of the stuff is easy for you, right? Like the decide what's in a program stuff is, is so simple for you. The who am I being in this big change is what's really the work here, right? Yeah. So can we make that like an, an exercise that you could share with me? Like who am I being in these big changes? Mm-hmm. Don't give me that one. At the moment, the answer is a little bitch, but I'll work on shifting that. Okay, yeah. No, not like, who am I being at this exact moment? Like, who do I want to be? Might be the, might be the better <laughs> question. Well, I was just giving you and the audience a check-in on where we're at. <laughs> uh, okay, good. So ideally, the journal page does not come to me just saying a little bitch on it, just to be clear. Yeah. So overall, this entire conversation is about identity shifts and solving the right problem, right? So her brain not resolving the same problem in terms of program length over and over again is a big part of it, but also solving the identity problem more than just the surface level stuff, right? She really needs to work on the identity of who she's stepping into, what she's being, what she's becoming, even like what she believes about these things, right? And the more we can step into that identity, the easier it is to action this stuff and the more clear the decisions become. When that identity hasn't fully solidified yet, it's so easy to kind of focus on the surface level stuff, right? But at the end of the day, that's not really what's going to make the business the biggest difference. Like this conversation we're having here. Sabrina has an incredibly warm audience. She has a ton of credibility. Like she really could offer a six month or 12 month program and it's probably not going to make 
the biggest difference in terms of her sales, right? But it's way more about what's happening underneath that. What does she believe about this next level? What does she believe about herself and her success in her business? Like it is so much more about that. And so I just want you to see that even when you've made millions of dollars in your business, even when you've reached her level of success, it always keeps coming back to these things. And so please know that like this is work you will have to keep doing in your business. And so the sooner you can start it, the better, the more it becomes habit for you to do this work, the better, because we can spin out on like program length for forever if we want to. But at the end of the day, this is the work that makes all of the other stuff easier. And so I hope this is just a reminder that no matter what stage of business you're at, it's time to look at this. It's time to look at what identity work you have to do. And of course, focus on solving the right problem. What else you need to do? Mm, decide what the fuck I'm doing with my Facebook group. Yeah. What do you think? I just haven't made sales from there in so long. So I think my brain doesn't totally see the value in it yet, but I'm sure that like I will, but yeah. Well, I think that rich, Witch is going to be an interesting experiment, right? I think we can kind of see what the uptick is like there. I think we can see how that translates from the Facebook group, but I think that like, you don't have to be like full on committed to like, now I run this for the foreseeable future. I think you can be committed to, I run this for rich, Witch and see how it feels. Well, so let me check. I, we currently have 871 member requests. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, a lot of those are from Rich Witch, so we'll let them in. But I think what I just found previously, which is why we kind of stopped, is that we would get a lot of people who just kind of like post their shit to promo and then they leave, but they never engage. Like they're not actually building community. They're not actually interested in my stuff. I wasn't getting sales from there, obviously, because I wasn't selling there. That I was like, it just makes more sense for me to focus on my Instagram because you have to pay to manage your group. Like I have to pay totally. to approve or decline someone else's post. Exactly. I have to pay if someone is, you know, breaking the group rules to go clean that up and like delete their shit and stuff and things like that. So there's also just like a team investment okay. time-wise and financially that I just want to feel like it's worth it for me to do that as opposed to I'm just paying a thousand dollars a month to run this free Facebook group on the internet. That's fun for everyone else, but kind of a waste of time for me. Yeah. Well, I think that again, the point is just that we don't know, right? Like you just haven't sold in there mm -hmm. for so long and you just yeah. haven't had that experience. So I think like, as much as it's true that it's an expense, it also really is an asset in your business right now. I mean, what do you have over 20,000 people in there or something, right? Yeah, 23. So it's like, as much as it's an expense, it's also an asset. So I think we want to give it a shot and see like how we can leverage that asset and make it work for you. And then if at the end of the day, like it's not paying off, I think that's fine. But I don't think that you can know that right now until we kind of get back into it. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, that makes sense. So let's give it a shot. And then if it, if it doesn't, it doesn't like, we don't need to be married to that idea, but I think we also don't want to just like throw away 23,000 person community either. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair. All right. So we'll do rich witch and then go from there. Yes. Yes. And like sell something in there and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. You feel okay? I think so. You sure? Yeah.
You want to convince me? No. Okay. <laughs> what if I want you to convince me? I mean, you can't always get what you want. Amen. Yeah. No, I think I feel good. I think that just there's much change and transition. Okay. And, like, I haven't been able to talk to my therapist for a couple of weeks because she's in South Korea and I was traveling. Paul's not home. Bonnie's sick. Like, just everything is very not routine right now, which yep. I don't really like. And you're trying to create a lot of routine too. So it's like yeah. very like tough to kind of be in that place of like so much of my normal routine is not here, but I'm also trying to create a bunch of new routine. Yeah. It's a lot. And listen, you don't have to feel good. You know, I always tease you about convincing me, but you don't have to feel great right now. I think you just get to keep processing kind of what's coming up. But I think what you get to feel great about is that you are on the right track. You know, that's the difference. Like it can feel kind of shaky in the middle ground, but I think what you get to keep like doubling down on in your brain and in your mindset is that like the path is correct, even if it feels bumpy right now. Yes. I do believe that. Okay. I, I do believe that. Thank you, Octus. Thanks. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.